When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Maeve Marsden and you're listening to Queer Stories. This week, Joan Westenberg is a Sydney-based tech writer. She has been published in Inc.com, The SF Chronicle, Observer, The Saturday Paper, Crikey, and more than 40 other publications. Joan is the author of an open-source transgender inclusion policy in use by multiple technology companies. She performed this story at Giant Dwarf in Sydney. When I was invited to tell a story tonight, I panicked. It's not that I don't have stories. They pour out of me whenever I have a pen in my hand or a keyboard in front of me. I write without thinking and without planning and generally without fear or insecurity. It's not that I don't have queer stories of my own because, like most of us here, I'm queer as fuck and so any story I tell counts. (laughs) It's more that these stories are never intended to be spoken out loud. They're never intended to be spoken to a room full of people and certainly never to be spoken by me, hesitant and terrified of crumbling into an unintelligible mess. When I was a child, I had quite a terrible speech impediment. I stuttered, I lisped, I mumbled, I spoke too fast and I tripped over my words. I was impossible to understand and people would ask me to repeat myself again and again and again and again and again and I felt as though I would die of shame every time. There are seven Westenberg children We were in order of age from youngest to oldest, Anthony, Thomas, Alexander, Jonathan, Nicholas, Gregory, and Luke Westenberg, and I was the middle child, and yes, we were Catholic. Um, (laughs) People would often say that we could be our own basketball team, or that we could field an entire side at a cricket match, or that we just needed seven brides for seven brothers. We never had the heart to admit that we sucked at sports as a unit, and I could never quite articulate that I leant more towards being a bride myself. (laughs) Mum would read aloud to us gathered around on the floor in the living room after dinner. She read aloud The Hobbit and then each Lord of the Rings book, sparing us the excruciating pain of the Silmarillion, thank fuck, and we would listen, (laughs) captivated by stories. We'd play those stories out with toy swords and weapons in the backyard of our houses from Noangarup to Joondalup to Ocean Reef to Medindi to North Adelaide to Kellyville. I'm sure you can imagine the difficulties associated with trying to be heard at all among so many stories in so many houses with so many voices and so many hella Catholic names. Harder still being heard when you cannot control your own voice or shape the words that you desperately want to say. My dad would mock my attempts to speak in front of the entire family and any guests who happened to be present. He'd imitate my tics and my lisp and he would laugh and tell me to speak properly and encourage the people around me to laugh at me too. And of course I couldn't speak properly. And so I would run and I would hide and inevitably, I would write. I would write obsessively, stories, poems, diary entries, Lord of the Rings fan fiction, of course, role-playing game supplements, and more often than not, small notes that I would show or pass to people so that they could read the words that I so consistently failed to express out loud. I retreated into a place of safety through my writing. People couldn't laugh at me when I wrote. I'd never hear them ask me to repeat myself again and again and again and again. And when I wrote, my words were clear. 
when I wrote my words were my own. My speech therapy helped, although I hated it with every fibre of my being, and my being has many fibres with which to hate things. <laughs> my exercises helped, sets of words and sounds to copy in the privacy of my room, trying to learn how to mould and shape my sentences. And it was practice, I suppose, that allowed me to talk, like learning how to play an instrument, an instrument that everyone else had mastered like so many child prodigies while I fell behind. I learnt the instrument, but I'm not a natural. When I talk to someone in person, I'll often tap a rhythm with my fingers or my foot to slow myself down and to stay in control. When I speak to a room, I have to follow a few techniques and patterns I picked up over the years. Uh, alcoholism was generally one of them. Beyond the drinking, I try to keep a single paperclip in my pocket so I can play with it, twist it, and try to unravel it as a way of taking my mind off my own words, relaxing and doing my best to actually talk and be understood, a technique I picked up from the masterpiece called Made in Manhattan. <laughs> and of course, that technique is a little harder to do now because my wardrobe is entirely minimalist dresses which don't have pockets. <laughs> if I'm focused, and trying my hardest to be clear and paced and articulate. People still make comments. They say I'm putting on a voice or doing an act, and I suppose I am, in a way. I'm putting on the act and the voice of someone who can talk comfortably and openly, someone I don't think I will ever truly be. I'm generally much more comfortable with the written word, more comfortable when I can see the words taking form rather than hearing them. I know instinctively how to guide and layer them on a page, and I feel at home. I don't think I ever set out to be a writer of any kind. The first career path that presented itself to me, my dream at a young age, was to be a Catholic priest who also owned a gun. That uh, <laughs> may give you some small insight into my upbringing. As I grew older, I traded that dream for a few less problematic ones, although only marginally less problematic. I wanted to be a rock star and by association be best friends with My Chemical Romance. I wanted to be a producer and a DJ and a tech founder and an artist and a fashion designer and briefly and, I must tell you unforgivably, a rapper. <laughs> if you can picture that. The standard goals of suburbia and the standard dreams of suburbia, at all of which I failed quite dismally. And of course, in that failure, I returned to where it felt safe, to writing and to passing notes. I'm an essayist now of sorts and a journalist from time to time. I bang out op-eds and reviews too, and if people ask about my work or ask what I do, that dreaded networking question that none of you are allowed to ask, I have started to say that I am, in fact, a writer. I write about my passions, and I write about what makes me angry, and I write about what makes me happy, and I write about being queer, and those things do overlap. I still draft in cheap paper notebooks or on post-its left covering my apartment. I hate the added task of transcribing them onto a laptop, but nothing feels quite as right as a pen and a scrap of paper. My scribbling is habitual, much to the frustration of anybody I ever date, and so the writing comes easily. I can always find the words, and I have such confidence in them. I don't feel a need to prove something or to prove myself. I just feel a need to write. A need that goes back to being small, and being quite ashamed of not being heard at all. And I can help other people to be heard in the same way. A few months ago now, I wrote a story for the Saturday paper about the backlash to transgender rights in lead up to Victoria's vote on birth certificates. 
I interviewed three young trans and non-binary people who spoke about their isolation and their fear and about self-harm and about suicide and how the pain of transphobia affects and impacts the people they love. When I can tell those stories, I can feel and know that my words have weight. And I think about whether I could have written those words if I had been able to speak them out loud from the beginning. But I don't suppose I will ever know. I never did get over that habit of writing and passing notes to people. And so I suppose this is my note to all of you here tonight. Mine isn't a story about a woman who wanted to be a writer, or a woman who wanted to be a journalist, a woman who wanted to write books of any kind, not even of a woman who wanted to write Lord of the Rings fan fiction. The story that sits at the heart of who I am is about a scared and lonely kid who just wanted people to understand her. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it, share your favourite stories on socials and follow Queer Stories on Facebook for updates. You can also follow me, Maeve Marsden, on Twitter. If you enjoy Queer Stories, consider signing up to my Patreon. The link's in the podcast description. Stay safe. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.